This is Cole Zerman, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Warren, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman, along with Tyler Donaldson and Randy Conan. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum has declared a statewide emergency due to the December 25th through 27th ice storm. Over 20,000 North Dakotans were without electricity. At this hour, there are still 4,600 customers without power in southeastern North Dakota. The governor's office reports over 1,400 utility poles were downed in the storm and power lines were snapped, causing millions of dollars of damage. Bergam plans to request a presidential disaster declaration and make the state eligible for federal assistance to pay for the emergency response and infrastructure repairs. The Red River Farm Network is counting down the top stories of this past year. The 2023 growing season is ranked fourth on our list. The crop had a late start due to too much moisture. That was followed by record drought in Minnesota. Despite those conditions, there was a common theme at harvest time. Yields were repeatedly described as better than expected. The harvest surprise included a record sugar beet crop in the Red River Valley. Red River Farm Network's third ranked story for the past year is the transportation woes facing agricultural shipments. At the end of the year, the Suez Canal and cargo shipments on the Red Sea were facing attacks from militant rebels. Mother Nature was the enemy on other transportation routes, with the drought impacting water levels on the Mississippi River, the Amazon, and through the Panama Canal. A five-day closure of the Eagle Pass and El Paso, Texas rail crossings into Mexico was the big story in the final days of the year. Market analysts described these transportation troubles as unprecedented. Climate and the impact of the food and farming business dominated policy discussions in 2023, becoming the number two ag story of the year. The Biden administration offered record funding for climate smart agriculture practices. Many of the programs are being promoted as beneficial for soil health, the environment, and ultimately lead to new revenue sources for farmers. Farming was part of the conversation during the United Nations Climate Conference, known as COP28. The 2023 Farm Bill was a casualty of the congressional chaos over the speakership. Once the dust settled and Mike Johnson was elected speaker, timing became an issue for the Farm Bill and lawmakers settled for a one-year extension. That's the Red River Farm Network's number one story of this past year. While the appropriations process remains a question mark, farm groups are seeking an update in reference prices and a strong crop insurance program. Ag leaders are pushing for completion of the five-year farm bill by spring so it won't be overshadowed by the presidential election. The Red River Farm Network took a look at the top 10 stories of the year, including everything from the expansion of the soybean crush nationally and in the region, a couple of ag-related cases in the U.S. Supreme Court, transportation challenges, and what's happening with interest rates. The entire list can be found on the Red River Farm Network website. Effective January 16th, the Panama Canal Authority will increase the number of daily vessel transits up to 24. That's up from the current limit of 22 pass-throughs. The PCA credits the better-than-expected rains in November and the success of water-saving measures. The Panama Canal restrictions impact all types of vessels, but the weekly USDA Grain Transportation Report said grain shipments are the most affected. During a normal year, close to 40 vessels would move through Panama Canal daily. 
As farmers close the books on 2023, many of those spreadsheets are showing farm income came down significantly. But it came down from a level in 2022 that was record high. USDA Chief Economist Seth Meyer said net farm income will total $158 billion this year, a 21% drop from 2022. Still well above the average of the last couple decades. And an interesting fact here is also that the last three consecutive years of farm income are the highest three farm income years in my lifetime. That would cover the last 50 years. Now is the time many farmers and ranchers are taking time to plan for next year. Farm management analyst Kent TC says producers could have a detailed balance sheet through the end of the year. On the current side, listing all your uh, current assets, your grain inventories, your prepaid expenses, any grain that might be under loan, any accounts receivable, as well as accounts payable, any uh, carryover operating loans or existing credits that might be in place. Uh, so it's good to have that listed. And then, of course, further down the balance sheet, a good listing, an updated listing of farm machinery and uh, buildings and land and other uh, assets. The, the liability side, a listing of all loans and what the terms and payments are in those loans and when they mature and interest rates. and Other tools can be helpful to lenders. The other big thing is to uh, hopefully have a good income and expense summary for the year, for the previous year. Uh, usually that dovetails in nicely uh, with uh, what was put together for tax purposes. Most farmers uh, probably here in December have been doing that, and so that's useful to banker. And then the third piece of the stool is really to put together a good budget and cash flow. North Dakota Stockman's Association President Jason Leeseth says the highlight for cattlemen in 2023 has been the markets. And the markets would have to be the, the number one story for, for everyone um, after you know, many years of of pretty thin margins in the profitability side of it, we finally got uh, the markets uh, moving in our favor, and and uh, pretty much all classes of of cattle uh, posted uh, record or near record prices as we moved throughout the year. So, provided some much needed profit opportunity for producers, and and looking forward uh, looks to be uh, uh, similar opportunities for the coming years. So. That's uh, excellent news for us in the cattle business. North Dakota Stockman's is already, excuse me, is almost ready to move to their new headquarters early in 2024. The new building has been eight years in the works. Leaseth says they had outgrown the old building. Pretty exciting for us. It was nearing 50 years old, and um, so it took a lot of work by a lot of people to get to that point of groundbreaking, and and we did that, and uh, been fundraising through that for a little over a year now, and and had very positive results from our members and and uh, industry partners and in, in uh, contributing to that building fund and and the building actually is uh, in December now we are complete um, we had a uh, closing yesterday on the sale of our old business building and uh, we will be moving into the new headquarters the end of January. Reporting agriculture's business, this is the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Rainfall is expected to begin this weekend for northern Brazil and continue through next week. 
World Weather Incorporated says rains will be heavy enough to improve soil moisture in many areas. Southern Brazil and much of Argentina should see a good mix of rain and sunshine over the next two weeks. The wheat and barley harvest pace is expected to pick up between rain showers. South Dakota State University Extension State Climatologist Laura Edwards says temperatures are high for this time of year across the northern plains. It really has been quite exceptionally warm in the month of December. We have some stations in the area, Sioux Falls, Brookings area and along eastern South Dakota that are 11 to 12 degrees above average for the month. So that's really uh, showing that we've had consistently very warm temperatures and that's true for all across the region. The eastern Dakotas and most of Minnesota is even looking at 12 to 16 degrees above average for much of central and northern Minnesota, if not higher. So um, really quite unusual for this time of year. Cold temperatures are concentrated on the other side of the world. El Nino is a factor, certainly, uh, in bringing these warmer temperatures here. That's often the case during El Nino winters, where we have warmer than average temperatures with the jet stream pushing further north. So we tend to be uh, more in a warmer regime uh, in the winter season during El Nino. Um, But also, if you look globally uh, around northern hemisphere, a lot of the cold air actually is centered over Russia and Um, on the other side of the globe. So not everyone is seeing extremely warm temperatures, but but we are, uh, as a lot of the cold air is currently on the other side of the globe right now. The grain markets continue to see year-end position squaring. The money farm owner, Allison Thompson, says Tuesday's trade could be volatile. It'll be very interesting to see what happens when we come back from holiday next week. We start seeing some demand pick up, especially for corn and soybeans. And the action in wheat maybe is showing us maybe we are starting to get a bit more competitive on the wheat side, too. Seeing some decent gains there, um, actually. So looks like they bottomed in November and have been kind of trading sideways through upwards here since. And it's been a slow turn, as it shouldn't be surprising to any of us on wheat. Um, but it is good to see, and hopefully we'll see some of that continue here as we get back from holiday next week. Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson says trade volume remains light going into the new year. It's been quiet. I mean, you know, even last week, you know, towards the last couple of sessions, uh, the week uh, before Christmas, the market got kind of quiet. You know, we're kind of seeing the same scenario play out uh, this week as yesterday and today. We're seeing a pretty quiet market performance. And, you know, we've got some fundamental news out there that could give this market direction. But I think right now it's mainly just the funds short covering, uh, just doing positioning ahead of the end of the year is a lot of the funds have to rebalance their portfolios, and I think that's really the, the biggest activity we're seeing taking place. Martinson says the livestock market has seen better market action. Of course, we had a couple of big reports that came out at the end of last week. You know, the Catalan feed report was a little bit negative. The hogs and pigs report was a little negative. Cold storage was a little friendly as we're starting to pull back, uh, pull down some of the stocks in the freezers. But, you know, cattle now are trying, I think, to work their way out of the hole they dug themselves into when they sold off. So we're seeing a little bit of support. Cash has started to come up a little bit. That's helping to support the market. I think the next big thing is the cattle inventory report in January, and that certainly will, I think, help drive that market. President Joe Biden has extended the suspension of tariffs on European steel and aluminum for two years. 
Import tariffs of 25% on European Union steel and 10% on EU aluminum were implemented during the Trump administration. Biden suspended those tariffs in January of 2022 and replaced them with a tariff rate quota system. White House said negotiators are continuing. The weekly report from the Energy Information Administration shows ethanol production during the week ending December 22nd at 1.1 million barrels per day. That is up 36,000 barrels per day. Ethanol stocks during the week were up 600,000 barrels at 23.5 million barrels. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Let's catch up with Ag Week reporter Noah Fish. Noah, what do you have for us in the cover of Ag Week? Uh, this week's Ag Week cover story is an, uh, an Eau Claire-based company, which is the largest grower and processor of horseradish in the world. Uh, I spoke to Eric Rigg. He's the president of Silver Spring Food and Huntsinger Farms, which is in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And um, he talked to me while he was in the cold storage room of the operation, which holds about him a million to two million pounds of horseradish for months until it gets processed. Riggs' great-grandfather started the company uh, in 1929, but um, Riggs said that Wisconsin is actually the perfect climate for horseradish because of the cold winters. Um, today, the the company processes anywhere from seven million to nine million pounds of horseradish per year, so pretty big numbers. Is that shipped globally or just in the U.S.? It's just in just about every supermarket in the U.S., but they also... Uh, are in Japan and over Europe. They say how they got started? Yeah, he, um, so his great-grandfather started the company. Uh, he, he was just growing various crops, including horseradish, and then he found that the horseradish uh, lasted well in Wisconsin over the winter. Um, he prepared and bottled horseradish by hand in a shed behind his house, um, and, and then he was able to sell it during the winter to augment his income during those months. Sounds interesting. Looking forward to reading about it next week's Ag Week. Taking a look at markets before we leave you, Minneapolis March wheat down three quarters of a penny at 724 and three quarters, May down a penny and a half. Chicago wheat two and a half lower at 629. Kansas City three quarter cents higher at 644 and a half. March corn down two and a half at 471 and three quarters. July corn a penny and a half lower at 494 and a half. Soybeans March futures down 12 and a quarter at 1299 and three quarters. May soybeans down 12 and a half at 1309. Live cattle February futures down 10 cents at 168.82. April live cattle, 22 cents higher at 172.50. Lean hogs, February, down 45 cents at 68 bucks. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.